The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. When you got a love and it's good like it should be Makes you never want to give it up Cause you know that some people die for love And I believe it's true cause I do the same for you Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. Streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's the author of several books, including Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and Fighting for Love. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. And she mediates business, employment, divorce, privacy, and other civil cases in her private practice in Laguna Niguel, California. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. She teaches leadership and conflict management courses at Brandman University and here at UCI, and she trains corporate leaders' powerful communication and conflict transformation skills. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about how to find solutions, how to work together with your loved one to create solutions. And today we are so blessed again to have our my co-author, Leonard Simchuk, with us right here in the studio. And if you've been following along, we have actually been going through chapter by chapter of our book, Fighting for Love, Turn Conflict into Intimacy, A Couple's Guide. And actually we're talking today about chapter 10. What's the solution? Make me a deal. But I want you to hear about my wonderful friend, co-author, and my wonderful mentor, Leonard Simchuk, who's an author, a great author, by the way, a speaker, a psychotherapist, and a terrific life coach. For the past 40 years, he's worked both in Australia and America as an educator and a therapist. He was the director of the Family Therapy Program at the Marriage and Family Center in beautiful Sydney, Australia. And later, he worked with the Family Institute at Northwestern University in Chicago. He's the author of The Roadmap Home, Your GPS to Inner Peace, which is an Amazon bestseller, as well as the fun novel, Cuckoo Forevermore, a lighthearted satire on psychotherapy, which he knows quite a bit about. And he's also the author of this great book that we've been talking about, that we've been collaborating on, called Turn Fighting for Love, Turn Conflict into Intimacy, a Couple's Guide. And Leonard conducts fantastic seminars on personal and spiritual growth, and he counsels and coaches clients in Orange County, California, and he also teaches writing and helps many authors get off their feet with their first book. You can find out more about him at conflicthealing.com and also at roadmaphome.com. Thank you again for joining us in the studio. It's always a pleasure to be with you, Mari. Well, this Chapter 10 was a, was a fun one for both of us. We talked about the breakdowns in communications and what can you do. So let's, let's talk a little bit about 
what should couples do when they have a breakdown in communication and conflict emerges and rears its ugly head? Well, you know, in your mediation practice and in my practice in working with couples, we see conflict always emerging. And one of the difficulties is how couples can talk to each other and find solutions. Usually couples quickly move into a win-lose stance or a blame-criticize stance. And one of the biggest challenges is to move into a collaborative stance where both of them can win. So that's really one of the keys that we're talking about in this program. And uh, grateful for you because 20 years ago, you came up with the term solutioneering. So you want to talk about solutioneering? Yeah. You know, solutioneering really is another form of negotiations, but people who are in business do negotiations all the time. They're not afraid of it. And unfortunately, sometimes they do that win-lose in negotiations. It's like they use hardball tactics, and they use a lot of different tactics that can be very um, manipulative and undermining. And so I didn't want to use the same word, negotiate. you know, negotiations for, you know, love relationships. I wanted to, to be a more positive word where people wouldn't associate the negative aspects of negotiations with what they're doing to resolve conflict. So that's why I called it solutioneering. But it really is a interest-based negotiation where I care about what you're saying and you're thinking and you're feeling and you're caring about what I'm feeling. And so that's what what it is. It's really a communication process based on a positive outcome, looking at problems as really an opportunity for solutions. Which is phenomenal because, again, all couples have difficulties in their relationship. And so the, the issue is, well, when there is a problem, the problem could be as simple as, oh, which way does the toilet roll go on? I mean, that could be a very <laughs> simple problem that people can complain about. Or it's about how much space, uh, separate time or together time we have, how to negotiate parties, how to negotiate finances, sex, parenting, all these issues. Vacations, vacations right? Vacations, <laughs> We're yes. <going> on vacation. <laughs> all these things are problems or can be perceived as problems. Right. But as you know, when we come with the attitude where these problems are opportunities to learn and grow about ourselves and to build a team effort, that's the key, isn't it, Mari? It definitely is the key. And we're, we're not looking to convert somebody to our perspective, although we may want to persuade a little bit. But it's really to to be heard, to be understood, to be empathetic, to be respectful. And that kind of solutioneering, those kinds of uh, quests for coming to solutions is really a way to build a a more intimate relationship. That's so true. And, you know, we've talked about one of the key ingredients for solutioneering is the art of listening. Because usually if we're in a negotiation or trying to get our point across, our energy is trying to convey to the other person what we believe and think rather than really trying to listen and understand what the other person is is attempting to try to convey to us. So listening, boy, uh, in counseling, of course, listening is one of the key problems that couples have in communicating. And boy, I spend so much time just working on this process of helping couples just listen to each other. I know before the show we were talking about different elements of listening and what's important. 
Yes. And, you know, I have to do the same thing in mediation because if I don't listen, I don't understand. And if I don't understand, I can't help them to find solutions to resolve their conflict or resolve their lawsuit. So when we're talking about um, this this aspect of active listening, it it is so many things, but one of it is really looking at the other person and focusing on what they're saying, not thinking about, okay, this is what I'm going to respond or being defensive. And it's being respectful. It's really getting down and letting go of the past, letting go of the future and being in the now, really hearing what they're saying with every cell of your being to try and understand where they're coming from. And then once you're able to really listen, then the active part of it is being able to reflect back, mirror back what you heard. And and I know you do that in, in your counseling. I have to do that in mediation. I'll say, let me see if I understand what you just told me. So I will often take notes. I know you don't, but sometimes I, you know, I have to take notes because they've told me a lot of complex, intricate things. So I'll then reflect back and say, this is what I heard you say. Did I get it right? What did I miss? And and then they'll tell me what I missed. This yeah. Is, and it's so important. You know, the thing is that sometimes listening means different things for in different individuals. And I've, I've shared this with you before that my daughter and I had some conflict. I was visiting her. She lives in Australia. And I said, you know, Melissa, I don't think you're really hearing me and listening to me. And she says, well, Dad, I don't think you listen to me. I said, wow, <laughs> boy, I listen to you. I, you know, I'm a paid listener. <laughs> and, and to hear that she didn't think I'm listening, she says, well, what are you talking about? Uh, and she says, well, Dad, you, you keep on repeating what I'm saying. <laughs> And, and and that's part of the act of listening. Is this, so what you're saying is this. And so that really bothers my daughter. I says, well, well, what helps you feel listened? For her, she likes me asking questions. Mm. Now, with Ingrid, she doesn't like me asking questions when she wants to tell me what's going on. She just wants me to listen and not say a word. And when I interrupt and ask questions, that irritates her. So part of this this collaboration is to understand, well, what does my partner really need yes. to feel listened to? Yes. And that's such a great idea to really ask your partner, I want to hear you and I want you to feel heard and I want you to feel understood so what can i do that will be most comfortable for you it's it's a great question i know even with lloyd um sometimes he doesn't feel heard because i'll ask him a question and then i can't hear him because he'll be in the other room trying to walk away and answer me so for me i feel more heard when when he's standing there and looking at me. So that's really important for me to be, you know, to, to have him pay attention to when I'm talking. Attention, um, respect, empathy, compassion. That's really important for me. And I like it if someone repeats back. Now, if you repeat back <clears throat> and it's kind of rote, like I heard you say this, then it's not going to be really felt, heartfelt. But if, if I say, gee, I, I think I heard what you were saying, and I think you mean this, am I getting it right? You have to kind of speak from your heart rather than your head. That's so true. I mean, uh, otherwise you're sounding like a parrot. 
I yes. know I've had couples say, well, <clears throat> you know, this is just my partner just sounding like a parrot. Exactly. Harville Hendricks, in his book, Getting the Love You Want or Keeping the Love You Fine, he has three processes, and one is just mirroring, reflecting back, and then validating, saying, well, that makes a lot of sense, what you're saying. And when you really listen to the other person, it just, it does really make sense. And the last thing is empathy. So, geez, it makes a lot of sense. So, boy, if I were in your shoes, I'd feel that way, too. So, so yes. really, those three elements really help a person really feel listened to. Yes, and when I'm in mediation, it's kind of funny because I'm sitting with, let's say I'm sitting with two parties, let's say it's a divorce mediation, and one party will say something, and I have to be very careful about being too empathetic because the other party is going to immediately think that I'm biased. Okay, so I have to say, I repeat back, and, and I have to say, I think I understand what you're saying, and I can understand where you're coming from. Um, and then I'll, you know, ask the other side the same thing. Because I, I know that if I say, well, if I was in your shoes, which sometimes I do if I'm in caucus, if I was in your shoes, I'd feel like that. But I have to be careful because <laughs> the other side is going to think that I'm jumping on one side or the other. So it all gets back to individuals, doesn't it? And being sensitive to what other parties need and other, you know, your what your lover needs from you. You because I think, f- for example, Lloyd and I were talking about listening about how you and I talk versus about he how he talks, and he goes, "Well, Mari, you know, you say l- that Leonard is such a great listener. Well, that's what he does for a living. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, that's why he's so good at it. And I said, well, yeah, but I said you can do that, honey, too. So um, it's true. You you have a wonderful way about listening, but that is true, and I think." I, I can be that way, too, because I'm used to doing that to make sure that I'm being heard. But I think the bottom line is paying attention to what your loved one needs, and in, in, that's really a huge issue. Yeah, you know, and I think this really addresses a key issue. We all want to feel heard. Mm-hmm. And I think when I don't feel heard... That triggers within me strategies to try to get the other person to hear me. So when you really hear what your partner has to say, that's going to calm and soothe the individual. And I have some couples, some couples really like having um, touch, so they like to hold hands. That gives them a sense of really being heard. I think you have to really work this out with your partner. What is it that gives you the sense of feeling listened to and heard? And you'll know it. You'll kind of know it. You'll drop in and say, oh, wow, yes. Oh, you really hear me. Yeah. And that just feels so good. Exactly. Now, when people are in intense conflict, though, Leonard, they are often so angry or so, you know, feeling resentful that for me to get them to hear each other, I tell them that I need them to take notes Um, because that actually diverts them from their anger and they have to focus on what they're hearing and then they can do that and even Lloyd and I when things you know if a big challenge comes up we take each of us take a notebook and I will say how I'm feeling and he writes it out and then he'll tell me back what he you know what he wrote and what he heard and then I'll do the same so it is um, a, a for some people, it helps them because the other party might be venting and they can't remember anything. So they also feel more secure in writing it out before they reflect back. And then, 
you know, when when my husband tells me what I've been saying, I do feel heard. And then I'll say something, yeah, you, you did hear me. What do you think about that? And that kind of opens the door to have a discussion. So I think there are ways to do it where you, you know, if you're just talking and you're saying just a few things, it's really helpful to do it orally. And it's helpful to do notes as long as you are going to take the time to look at the other person in between because otherwise they feel like you're just taking notes and you're not really hearing them too. Right. Now, now I would imagine the listeners to your program, Ari, maybe getting the message that listening is such a key component of solutioneering, which of course it is. So I, I, I suggest let's just kind of leap into some of the components of solutioneering so that we can weave in how listening uh, plays such an important part because so let's imagine if you and I had a conflict So let's say you and I had a conflict the first thing that we're wanting to do is we're going to have to raise and create a discussion So Mari, I've got some issues with you uh, Can we uh, organize a time because my intention is to resolve this and improve our relationship? Right, and so for me that would work really well uh, to to just say, hey, you know, can we talk? We have a, an issue that we really need. Let's let's work it out because I love you, and let's really talk it out. I and I think that is a wonderful way to do it. And also, some people might be scared when you say that. I have some clients that are so avoidant of any confrontation that it it is hard for them if if their spouse would say that to them. So you might want to just say, hey, you know, let's get together and let's, you know, let's find some time to just talk without even them <laughs> thinking about that it might be a conflict. That might yes, be another way yeah. to go. That's you know? a lot better than saying, hey, you made another mess in the kitchen. <laughs> what the heck's wrong with you? Pick up after yourself. Right. I mean, boy, is that going to be really creating a lot of uh, intimacy. Right. And so you don't want to just do it like when something like that happens and say, we better talk right now. You know, you, you, you want to uh, take one issue, right? And so the first step is to take an issue, find a time to meet, and then always start out with something that you're grateful for, a very positive way. So if you were and I were in some kind of a conflict, let's say because I interrupted you and before the show started and you were but we always work things out. But, you know, if you wanted to say something to me, you could say, Mari, you know, I, I really enjoy working with you, and it's really helpful when we hear each other. Yeah, you know, I think <clears> the, the I try in the beginning of each counseling session is to help a couple just share at least one appreciation. It's like building a positive. That's kind of like saying the positive things. Putting so, money in the bank. <laughs> yes, putting money in the bank. Yes, I really appreciate the fact that you're coming here so we can work on improving our relationship. Just having a positive sets a nice tone, rather than yeah. just leaping into conflict. Yeah, so that's that's if you're um, just with you and your spouse or you and your loved one or you and your boyfriend or girlfriend, you can just start out, you know, find a quiet time to meet where you're not rushed for something. You know, maybe you'll have a glass of wine or maybe you're sitting over dinner or maybe after dinner and you're just relaxing. Just find a time that you don't have the TV on, you don't have any music. You know, maybe you could have music on, but nothing that's really distracting, no kids around. And that's when you can then, you know, start to say, like you said, a, a, something really positive or just, you know, thank you for taking the time to, to be with me right now. Thank, saying thank you a lot really 
is um, a way of building and, appreciation. And finding a, a, a good neutral place. The bedroom's not the best place to be working on solution. No, no, it's in a place that you want to leave the bedroom in kind of a sacred place. Yes. So let's say you're sitting uh, you know, in your lounge room or whatever where you can have time to say, okay, let's talk about the issue so you know my issue is that uh, i'm doing all the work around the house and i don't yeah. feel like you're contributing and helping yeah. out and i want us to have uh, a more of a team effort so this is the issue i'm going to talk about right and speaking the i messages you know that's really important but bringing up a concern without finding fault is really important that's a toughie that's a toughie because usually you want to say like can't you clean up the bathroom after you finish in there, you know, you want to say that, but you, you know, that's not going to get you anywhere. It's only going to cause a fight. So you might want to say something like, you know, I, I love our home and we have a, a great bathroom and it's really co more comfortable for me to go in there when it's really cleaned up and it, it feels good. What can we do that we can both really um, set up the you know, uh, what we do in the bathroom, that we can be fair to each other so that when you go in, it's nice and clean, and when I go in, it's nice and clean. Now, you know, and, and, you know, as you're talking, Mari, I'm, I'm flashing back to when I was raising my kids. My kids are all grown up, and I remember so, I wasn't using solution at some of the times. <laughs> my son was supposed to mow the lawn over right. the last several days, and I go, how come you didn't mow the lawn? You know, right, it right. wasn't. It and was. it didn't work to do that, did it? <laughs> So I, I think what I'm trying to say is that, you know, we are all human beings. And though I try to put my best effort forward, yeah. there's sometimes that my emotions will get the best of me. And that's just, again, we did talk about a chapter on forgiveness, so we can practice <laughs> forgiveness. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, but keeping it at a conscious level, like, I think that's the difference when you're, you know, in the rush of trying to raise kids and it's driving you crazy. Um, we know now to be more mindful. And that's what we're trying to really explain in the book is that those things that we didn't do that we do now, we've learned works better. So if we can be mindful before we lose it, before we react, before we blame, before we criticize, stop yourself for a second and say, how would I want to hear this if it was me? You know, and, and speaking the I, you know, the I statement, whenever we use an I statement, it's going to be much more positive than if we use a you statement. So if you say I and you talk about what you're feeling and your comfort zone, that's better than saying you do this. When you use you with something negative, it's going to cause a fight. And so, you know, the thing is, is that uh, uh, taking turns is important. So let's say as I listen to you and listen to your concerns and really give you the sense that I really understand you and then you switch roles. So so what? So each party gets a chance to express their concerns. So you're really putting all these concerns on the table. Uh, and, and I think that's one of the benefits of solutioneering is, oh, okay, so these are the concerns. Strangely, as you're putting the concerns out, sometimes you arrive at immediate solutions uh, because you're, you're clarifying or you're talking about something that maybe you've put aside and didn't want to disturb or ruffle feathers. Right. So once you, you state those concerns, and if you're really listening to each other, like you said, the, the answer may just be so just apparent. Yeah. yeah, it may mm -hmm. be so apparent. But let's say it's not. So if it's not, the next thing you want to do is really just start to, um, you know, brainstorm solutions. So by the way, also to, to let the other person know that you are really hearing them, you could say, you know, help me understand why you feel that way because your daughter would like that she'd want a question 
not Ingrid, right, right. <laughs> and maybe not Lloyd, <laughs> but um, but many people do. You know, help me understand why you're feeling that way. That really digs even deeper. So if you understand how someone is feeling or tell me more about that, sometimes we don't get enough when they tell us how they're feeling. Well, gee, why are you feeling so abandoned when I go to the men's group on Wednesday night? You know, why are you feeling that way? Help me understand that. That is going to really lead to some deeper discussions. Well, it's really asking these open-ended questions. So not yes or no, just says, okay, yeah. just saying, you know, what are you needing or what's not working for you? I really want to know uh, what isn't working and so that we can kind of work this out and it's really opening up a conversation really about a particular problem exactly and then without and then we could start brainstorming solutions and you know what brainstorming is most people know it's where you throw out a possible solution without judging it without criticizing it without dismissing it you just say okay let's just brainstorm a whole bunch and if you're writing them down that's even better because you say well we could do this we could do this i do that all the time in mediation someone will say no and i go well wait a minute we're just brainstorming and that will help us just get the creativity out to be you know finding a solution so let's say if a couple uh were having conflict about not having enough time together because of the kids and all the kids activities so they may want to brainstorm some solutions where maybe we can invite a relative to look after our kids maybe we can hire a babysitter maybe we can organize a vacation you know just by brainstorming just puts possible alternatives out there for them to even consider and you may not even realize that these as you're into this creative flow new ideas will emerge that you've never even thought about right you know sometimes i i know what we used to do just just talking about that having parent time and having time to yourselves taking the kids you know to like club med where they have a, a kids thing you know where they all go together or on a cruise where they have a kids places so you know as you said you can brainstorm you can have babysitters you can have friends i'll take care of your kids for a weekend you take care of our kids for a weekend so again you can start thinking of all those things that people just think well we're stuck we're stuck we just we have the kids and we can't do anything about it so that's such an important point it is and so once you begin to brainstorm then you can start sifting down and start clarifying what are your options and then you can the couple can begin to jointly put some proposals out hey why don't we just have every thursday night is our date night I'll get a babysitter. We can take turns organizing a babysitter. Why don't we have that as our date night so we make sure we have time to be together? Or, you know, the house is a mess. Maybe we could budget money in to have some cleaners come in to help us with the mess. You start actually formalizing some options and putting proposals out there that are very concrete. Right. And then the other party can say, well, you know what? I like your idea about every Thursday night, but I don't want to get a babysitter. How about if we drop the kids off at my mom's house every Thursday night? So what we're doing is we're taking one person's proposal and kind of tweaking it so that it becomes a joint proposal, a collaborative proposal where I take what you said and say, I like that part. How about this? And then you go, well, that's great. And you know what? Your mom will do it for free. So you're, you're starting to really bounce off each other. Mm-hmm, that helps mm-hmm. to be a collaborative. That's what we call solutioneering. When we're finding solutions, it's like an engineering process that we're doing mm-hmm. together. We're so- and, and then you can take all these and actually concretize it, make it in concrete. So when... 
where, how, who, who's <laughs> going to be involved. So then you start really concretizing this this into a a proposal. Now I know uh, you you have your couples writing out their proposals. Yes. Some of my couples will write out a negotiation. Yeah. I've had parents do this with their children. Yes. They actually put together a an behavioral agreement. agreement. Yes. yes, this is the yes. agreement we've talked about that you're uh, going to be completing your chores. Uh, I know we used to have. I used to do that our, with my kids. I did too. <laughs> I, we used to have it on our refrigerator. This right. is our agreement for all right. the chores. But all of us, both uh, yeah. uh, uh, mom, dad, kids, were yes, all on yes. the refrigerator to show this is what we're all doing. And then there's, you know, one thing about writing it out, whether it's on the refrigerator or you sign a little agreement with each other or you 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 just write it out, is that number one, it's clear. It it sh- people know their expectations and they can't say later. Oh, I didn't think you meant that. It really makes it much more clear. So writing it out and then having and saying, hi, let's come back to it in two weeks. Let's look at it and see how it's working. Let's see how it is if, if every Thursday night we go out. Well, you know, then we're missing basketball practice or something. Let's let's make it Wednesday night instead. Maybe that's a better night. So again, you come back, you you have something that's clear, then you can come back and you can look at it again to do something a little bit different. And, and the important thing, let's say as you got get the proposal and the proposal is working, you've got to celebrate the fact that you've been successful. Yes. Because a lot of times, you know, a lot of work goes into it, effort goes into this. It's like a team. So you've worked together as a team to to get to the playoffs. You've won a game. <laughs> Hooray! Let's celebrate that you won a game. Yes. So that, again, this goes into appreciation, sharing appreciation at the end so that we can feel really good about the conclusion. Well, that's a great way to end, Leonard. And we hope that you've gotten some good ideas from today, and we will have Leonard back again. We've got a couple more chapters to go through, and he is just wonderful. So thank you, Leonard. And Thank you, Mari. And thank you, audience. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 830 and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Bye. Some people die for love And I believe it's true Cause I do the same for you